0: I listening to our news today and thought for a minute that I had fallen into some sort of bizarro alternate universe because we were reporting that Illinois now has a rainy day fund with one billion dollars in it. That can't possibly be right in Illinois can it well let's find out from the one person who would know better than anybody else the Comptroller for the state of Illinois Susana Mendoza who is joining us live this afternoon taking a a brief break from all the fun of the Illinois State Fair to hang out here for a few minutes Comptroller good afternoon thanks for being here with us
1: oh good afternoon Uh, Jim always happy to report good news and you were incorrect it's not a billion dollars it's $1,036,000,000 to be exact.
0: <laughs> in in a rainy day fund, this is just cash set aside for an emergency. Uh, I, I recall not that long ago where I think it was you that said we had roughly 30 seconds worth of cash in our rainy day fund to cover emergencies here. So how much uh, yes. can we get by with, with a billion plus uh, in, in reserve and, and how did we get to that point?
1: So the, we had less than $60,000 in our rainy day fund, which was, the, was actually less than 30 seconds worth of government operations. So with the money that we have in now, it's about a week's worth. So we're not where we want to be yet. Um, we at least want to have, you know, three weeks to uh, a month. Three weeks is actually a solid rainy day fund um, for most states. Um, but I really am not going to be happy until we have about 7.5% of what would be the equivalent of our budget. Uh, deposited into the rainy day fund. And that's closer to three and a quarter billion by today's standards. So we're about a, a third of the way there, which is really great. And just to put this in perspective, this is the most money that Illinois has ever had in its rainy day fund. So it is really a historical moment that we reach today.
0: Can we really afford to keep $3 billion plus or even $1 billion plus in, in reserve? I mean, we have money going out as quickly as it's coming in. And, and while I understand that it would, everybody would love to have that kind of cushion, uh, most of us can't uh, manage to keep that much in reserve. And it seems like the state of Illinois probably has a lot of obligations on its money as well. So how practical is it to have that much money just set aside, waiting just in case?
1: Well, I would tell you that we can't afford to not do it. We absolutely need to have at least a 7.5% of our budget in reserves that would prepare us for any economic downturn that is not of our own doing, right? And so I can tell you, as a person who had to navigate the state of Illinois out of not just one, but the two largest fiscal crises in our history, that it certainly would have been a lot easier for me to give relief to our vendor community who had dutifully performed their services to our state but had been turned into unwilling lenders to the state when they were asked to wait eight, nine months to get paid. The average bill delay when I took office was 210 business days. That's nine and a half months in real people time. So if we would have had a reserve in place of more than 30 seconds worth of government operations, a real reserve, and like what I'm talking about, at least minimum right now having a billion, it's a great start, but it's only a start. We've got to get closer to that $3 billion mark to be able to weather any economic downturn and make sure that our business community is getting paid in a stable and predictable way. That's what being pro-business really is, Jim. It's not to turn businesses into unwilling lenders to our state. It's actually paying businesses on time We're providing the services that our constituents need and making Illinois a place that can grow its economy, that can provide more jobs where people want to come, set up their business and thrive. That's what I'm shooting to do as your controller, create the stable and predictable business environment. So that we can grow our economy and we can provide better livelihoods for the people of
0: illinois well we'd certainly like to think we'll never again have to deal with a two and a half year budget impasse or uh, another pandemic that shuts everything down uh what sorts of emergencies then might force you to dip into this rainy day fund what what are the circumstances where you would say okay we're gonna have to spend some of this down now
1: Well, right now, we don't have to at all, right? So that's the beauty of it. We are paying our bills on time. When you ask, can we afford to do this because there's other vendors that need to get paid. As a matter of fact, my oldest bill today is only 14 days old. That's way better in terms of a payment cycle than even the business sector, the private sector has. So when people say we should run government like a business, I would say I'm running it better than a business. And so we can afford to save for a rainy day. We also need to put more money towards pension stabilization so that we're not burning so many dollars in interest payments on an unfunded pension liability that is significantly large. And we can do that. We put $500 million above and beyond the minimum statutorily required payment into stabilizing our pensions. And that $500 million that we put in there just recently is actually going to save taxpayers $1.8 million billion dollars on the back end of the pensions, and it also was one of the factors that led to an increased credit rating. So we've now gotten six credit upgrades, Jim, Uh, by the way, in the middle of a global pandemic, and they did not have anything to do with the federal ARPA dollars because we had already received two of our credit rating upgrades, we'd already paid down the bill backlog, and we had already brought down the vendor payment cycle to well under 30 days before a penny of those ARPA dollars even made it to Illinois. So we're doing great things here, but we have to keep this forward momentum going. We have to continue to um, really demonstrate fiscal discipline and make sure that we're safeguarding every single one of these taxpayer dollars, which are a result of people's hard work in this state, right? It's not my money. I have the privilege and the responsibility of trying to best manage the people's hardworking tax dollars, and you better believe I'm doing my best
0: to do so. Done with Controller Susana Mendoza and Controller. Maybe I didn't uh, explain my my question uh, plain, uh, plainly enough. I guess I'm asking in a hypothetical future, under oh, what conditions okay. would you start to spend down this money? I mean, if it's just you know, if we have an economic downturn, you, you reference that. Yep. So if we get to a, a bill payment cycle that starts to run 20 days or 30 days or 40 days, at what point do you start having to to spend some of that money down?
1: Sure. So ideally, my goal is to keep our bill payment cycle under 30 days. But what I definitely will not allow to happen is for our bill cycle to get over 90 days. Because once it hits 90 days, after the 90-day mark, the state of Illinois will have to start paying 1% of a penalty per month. This is what they were doing before I got elected controller. They had racked up a bill backlog in the billions, and it got as bad as $16.7 billion and because those bills hadn't been paid uh, well over you know a year old, um, those bills were accruing 12% interest as a penalty. And that cost taxpayers $1.104 billion even before I took my oath of office. So these are the type of things that I've had to clean up as your controller. But I would tell you that if the bills ever got to the point, let's say there's a massive recession that hits and our are, you know, tons of people lose their job. Now, we don't foresee this, but it could happen. The 9-11 caused dramatic economy loss across the country. The pandemic clearly blew a massive hole in our budget. Some things are unforeseeable. And so that's what you want to be prepared to be able to weather those types of storms. And so if, God forbid, something catastrophic happens, that, again, it has happened in the past. So you have to plan for the worst and hope for the best. We would be better prepared, and I don't want that bill payment cycle to creep up to 90 days because then we'd be paying interest. So at that point, I would absolutely be leveraging our rainy day fund so that we can keep the vendor payment cycle hopefully within 30 to 45 days, which is ideal. And, you know, nobody is feeling any kind of pinch. I, as a controller, would be the one, you know, stressing out. But the people of Illinois would not because we have the reserves in place that would allow us to get them paid timely.
0: It, it probably uh, comes as no surprise to you to learn that there's still a great deal of skepticism out in the world of social media uh, about the state's finances. In fact, when we posted our story uh, about uh, the billion dollars plus in the rainy day fund, uh, there were uh, several people who responded with the uh, laughing emoji, including Thomas DeVore, the Republican candidate for attorney general. So clearly he's uh, a skeptical of this too. That, to what extent are you uh, battling still this perception that Illinois finances are, are in the dumpster? Uh, we couldn't possibly be able to do this because we have so many unpaid bills and our finances are so horrible and so on and so forth. What, to what extent are you really fighting uh, that perception out there?
1: Listen, there's always going to be naysayers. There's always people who, you know, I don't understand why, but they love to root against our state. They revel in bad news. No matter what the good news is, they find the negative, And it's all misinformation, as a matter of fact, because you could say that. You know, these same naysayers, these are the same folks who are saying that the only reason why Illinois is doing well financially right now and that we've been able to bring down our bill backlog and that we've been able to save for a rainy day is because of this influx of federal ARPA stimulus dollars. But those people just need to learn to read a calendar. And, you know, the facts are the facts. And sometimes those facts are inconvenient to people who don't love our state and who don't like to tell the truth about what's happening but we hadn't received a penny of the federal ARPA until after we had already won our first two credit upgrades, after I had paid down the bill backlog. Those are all factual data points. And also after the bill backlog had been paid down and our vendor payment cycle had been brought well under 30 days. So if you don't want to believe me because people, let's say, are partisan and, you know, these folks all happen to be on the Republican side who, like, don't want to believe that Democrats are truly fiscal stewards here, that this Democratic administration has done what no one else has been able to do, which is essentially be fiscally disciplined and actually clean up a disaster that no one thought was possible to clean up within at least 10 to 15 years. I've done it in five. And so, you know, I can say the facts are the facts, but if people just want to make up their own misrepresentations, I really can't stop them. But don't believe me believe the credit rating agencies who have now upgraded our credit six times. And by the way, those are the first credit upgrades in over 20 years. They're not given out easily. Here in Illinois, you know, the credit rating agencies, if the sun doesn't come out, they might might downgrade our credit. So I would just say that I've had to work very, very hard over the last five and a half years methodically and strategically chipping away at the state's bill backlog, leveraging every single federal matching dollar when I pay a Medicaid bill that costs me a dollar of state taxpayer money. I'll I'll pay that bill first because it'll give me 50 cents extra from the federal government. And I turn a dollar into a dollar fifty. And maybe that was growing up as a kid in a poor family where my parents showed me how to stretch the value of a dollar, that I look for those opportunities, and that's how I tackle our state's debt. And I know that we should not spend more money than we have coming in, and the first thing we should do with new money is pay down existing debts. It is not rocket science. You just need somebody who's committed to it and passionate about it, and I've done that. So the naysayers, I don't let them get me down. I'm more concerned about what the credit reading agencies
0: have to say than what I am about Mr. DeVore. E- a couple more quick questions. You, you mentioned your desire to see even more money go to the rainy day fund. You also talked about the pension stabilization fund and you are backing legislation that would require the state to make more payments uh, I- into those funds each year. How much yep. do you want to see allocated on an annual basis uh, to, to that?
1: So I want to see 1% of state revenues allocated to to be split evenly between the state's rainy day fund and the state's pension stabilization fund. So as an example, let's say, you know, we have a a $40 billion budget, just to use simple math, 1% of that would be $400 million. So under my proposal here, we would put $200 million into the state's rainy day fund and 200 million into pension stabilization until we hit a cap of seven and a half percent savings which would be about three and a quarter billion dollars if we do this methodically every year that our revenues are at least four percent growth and every year that we are under three billion dollars with our accounts payable and as an example today we're at about one and a half billion which is remarkable um, what we would do then is automatically trigger this deposit of 200 million and 200 million into each of those two funds. When we hit seven and a half percent savings, we stop putting money into the state's rainy day fund and all 400 million would go into pension stabilization. And I think I said earlier that the 500 million that we put towards pension stabilization is going to decrease DM funded pension liabilities by 1.8 billion. So this is a really good use of that, of those extra dollars. And, you know, before, again, I want to say this over and over, before we start looking to spend new money on new programs, we really need to uh, pay down our existing debts.
0: We've seen uh, national economic numbers indicating that the, uh, the overall U.S. economy has been slowing down. Economists aren't quite ready to call it a recession yet, but that is still looming as a possibility. How concerned are you about the possibility of a recession and what it would mean to the state's finances?
1: Well, clearly a recession would not be a good thing, but that is why I would argue that we need to double and triple down on what I've been saying, which is we need to put more money into our state's rainy day fund during good times, and we need to put more down towards our pension obligations. But most importantly, building up that that rainy day uh, reserve is what will protect us from any pending uh, or possible recession. So that's exactly why now is the right time to put even more money away into those buckets.
0: Comptroller Susana, Susana Mendoza will be in the uh, State Fair Twilight Parade tonight and then tomorrow you have an event at the fairgrounds. You're going to be uh, paying tribute uh, to several Springfield police officers. Tell me uh, why you're doing that and how does that tie into your job as controller?
1: Well, number one, I think every citizen in the state of Illinois owes a debt of gratitude to our men and women in uniform, whether it's in the military services, whether it's our first responders here at home. And so, you know, I have a special place in my heart for anyone who decides to put on a uniform and go out and protect the public. And so every year it's been my honor and my privilege to get to highlight some of our our bravest and some of our heroes here locally in Springfield and surrounding police departments. Um, just take a minute to like say thank you and honor them and their families for their service. We'll also be um, announcing that we're going to be introducing uh, legislation soon that would also create an, um, a continuing appropriation for the widows and orphans of fallen officers and firefighters. Um, you know, it came to my attention this year that some of the widows and orphans of uh, some of our fallen uh, police officers had not been paid timely because there was not enough of of an appropriation passed uh, to cover all of those uh, costs of death benefits. And so that is completely unacceptable to me. And once I I found out about that situation, um, you know, we had it resolved, but we're going to resolve it through legislation. That will create a continuing appropriation if any officer falls in the line of duty we need to make sure that we take care of their family and get them their death benefits as quickly as humanly possible and i'm committed to doing just that
0: swing by and see the comptroller's tent at the illinois state fair comptroller Susanna mendoza thanks so much for taking the time this afternoon we greatly appreciate it
1: oh it's always a pleasure and make sure i'm going to tell you what my favorite thing is to eat there get a big bucket not the little cup don't be shy the big bucket of lemonade shake if you really want to do the state fair correctly because you're <laughs> going to need the energy and eat as many Bose corn dogs as you can. Oh, that is my, corn dogs. That's my approach and maybe a turkey leg and a pork chop <laughs> on a stick too while you're at it.
0: Controller, thanks again. For-